You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now present the Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Health Hub. I'm Kathy Biasa, your host, and along with our producer, Alex Diaz, we would like to welcome you to our show this morning. How are you, Alex? I'm keeping well, and I hope yours too. Hope I our am. listeners are enjoying our, our programs. It's been very uh, informative lately, for sure. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we've, we've really run into, uh, you know, all of our guests have been wonderful, actually. Um, I just I just love learning from all of them. We've had a few that I've just sat back and listened to, and I was just totally amazed of, of the depth of knowledge of some of the guests. But uh, there has not been a single guest on our show that I haven't taken away something from the show, from their, their conversation anyway. So we are blessed on this show. I hope everyone enjoys uh, all the, the guests that we've had and, and the listening pleasure. It's, uh, it's certainly been a wonderful journey for me. Um, as I hope it has been for everybody. And again, today's show is being taped, so no opportunity for calling in. But uh, who knows, maybe soon we'll get back in the studios. That would be nice. Um, we're in for a short spring, as Alex pointed out. Wyerton Willie said we're in for a, an early spring, not a short spring. So hopefully that'll bring some, some not only good weather, but some good information and some good news. And we can sort of get back to the life as we, as we know and love it. But anyways, as I said, the show is being taped. So no calling in right now, but uh, please do follow us on our social sites. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and we are at the health hub RMC on all three locations and uh, continue with the emails. So they're great. THH at radiomaria.ca. If you have any, um, any questions for us, comments, uh, any guest ideas? Uh, I got uh, two yesterday and uh, sought them out and we'll see what happens there. But uh, I really do appreciate the input. And please subscribe to our podcast. We are the Health Hub on your favorite podcast platforms, Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, iTunes. And you can um, find all of our podcasts on the Radio Maria Canada website, which is radiomaria.ca and on my website, which is kathybiasse.com. Today's an interesting conversation. It's about stress, uh, a little bit of a twist from what we normally talk about. And it's, it's about how to use um, stress for our benefit or our power. And uh, the Goldilocks of stress, I think, is what I'll call this episode. And finding that sweet spot between um, stress being something that is very health heavy on us and stress being something that is actually a power that we can use for the good. So I hope you stay tuned and listen to it. It's a very good conversation with Trudy Stone. And Trudy is a certified culinary nutritionist, founder of Trudy Stone Nutrition, podcast host, and TV guest wellness expert who educates people about nutrition and solutions for managing stress and anxiety. From healthy habits to brain health, Trudy is passionate about empowering people to build healthier habits 
and unlock the power of food to build a strong and vibrant brain and body. So we are aligned, Trudy and I. Uh, Trudy is also a brain health instructor for Clean Eating Magazine for the course Feed a Healthy Brain. The course explores the connection between diet, cognitive decline, and mental health, helping people to realize their full potential of food to support a healthy brain so people can thrive now and well into later years. Trudy is also the creator of the RISE Method, R-I-S-E, a step-by-step framework to help people overcome stress, overwhelmed people, and their fatigue. Uh, Some learning points that we will broach today is how we can use our stress in a more positive way. What are some key foods and nutrients to help alleviate some of our stress? And what is the RISE four-step method for transforming our stress into something more positive? So please do stay tuned. And in a few minutes, we will be back to talk to Trudy Stone.
You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now continue with the program, The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. As mentioned, our show is being taped today, so no opportunity for calling in. But please do follow us on our social sites. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and we're at the Health Hub RMC on all three locations. Trudy, welcome to the show. It's such a pleasure having you. Thanks for having me, Kathy. I'm excited to be here. Excellent. Well, a great guest to have. You're very comfortable in front of the mic, in front of the camera. So I'm, I'm expecting no problems at all with this. <laughs> um, so you're, oh, Kathy, I, I always get the nerves. <laughs> do you? Do you? I, yeah, like I was talking I, to you I off still air. Get them. I, well, it's hard not to, but for me, my nerves are, I, I can, I don't know, you put me in front of a microphone, I'm, I'm able to talk. I'm really not a chatty person, but the microphone, right. I'm fine. It's all this other stuff. It's the Zoom stuff. And the t- like I told you, oh, I forgot to start my time. Let's, you know, all this other <laughs> stuff. And then once I'm off to the races, I, I was, I did a, a webinar last week and someone said to me, are you, aren't you dirt nervous doing? That? I said, the only thing I'm nervous about is the technical part, like sharing my yeah. screen and doing that. And, you know, I, that's the only, once I'm on a roll, it's all good. It's <laughs> all good. good. So anyways, you are our stress specialist, and um, it's a very opportune time to bring that topic up. And we've talked about it in, in, other, in other shows and in different ways, but you're unique. Um, we've talked about stress as its impact on the body and the negative impact of stress and, you know, and all the health protocols. You've got to get your stress under management for disease. But you take a very refreshing spin on it, and you say you stress as your power. So yeah. let's let's start there and 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 help us to understand. You know, is there a fine line, or is you're just turning your everyday stress into something that that strengthens you? Yeah. Well, you know, here's the thing, Kathy. Um, nobody is free of stress. I mean, we certainly weren't free of stress before the pandemic, and with the pandemic, it's only made things worse. So the idea behind the four-step rise system that I've created to help people to rise above stress is that hey, nobody is free of stress, but you can master the way that you react to it and rise above it, so that it no longer has power over you. Because I think when we're in these stressful situations or when these stressful events happen, it almost feels like we're powerless and like we're helpless. When really, stress in itself is an energy and it's an energy that can be redirected where you can actually turn that into your superpower. Um, And this is why I developed the four step rise system to just kind of give people some ways and some guidelines in order to do that so that they can rise above stress and be more calm while being more physically fit. Well, it is true. Stress is a type of energy and it's also impactful on the nervous system. So let's, let's recap what the physiology of stress is and how it impacts the body, because I think that that will give people maybe an insight into how your program can really fit into the actual physiology and how our body has symptoms of stress. Right, right. And, you know, we have like acute stress and then we have chronic stress. So acute stress is, you know, the stress that we get if maybe we're excited about something or the stress that we get before we do a podcast interview or before we, you know, maybe give a presentation at work, that sort of thing. So that's acute stress. And that's, you know, when stress is good. And then you have chronic stress on the other hand. And chronic stress is just a barrage of different sort of mental invaders, I like to call them. So it could be your environment. It could be people that you're surrounding yourself with. It could also be the foods that you're eating and diet which we're definitely going to be talking a lot about Mm -hmm. today. But the thing is with chronic stress is that it almost becomes like white noise in the background. 
around and we just get used to it. Um, and especially as women, women are the ones that really suffer mm-hmm. from this the most with all the many demands we're doing. Um, and especially now with the pandemic, women are taking on even more roles than ever before. Like now we're homeschooling, you know, now we're maybe doing, doing, doing the caregiving for our elderly parents and those sort of things as well. So, you know, there's this constant, you know, hum of stress in the background. And again, people just get used to it. And then that's when it really becomes a problem, Kathy. I think with women too, and I'm not trying to be sexist or anything like that, because there are certainly, you know, it's not a black and white, but in general, right. um, we were talking about this actually, uh, how men have this really good space for trivia and they can, you know, they remember all these things. And whereas, you know, most of the women I know, we kind of can talk in generalization. So we kind of, we kind of, soak in a lot of different things. And I think for women that it does, we hold on to things, we perceive things, we, we react, we react to stress differently. So I'm sure that you have really found this great niche with women. Are these properties that you see, is there more to it? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, You know, definitely men do feel stressed as well. But even with surveys that I've seen um, that were taken during the pandemic, like women are, yes, men are reporting more stress, but women are reporting even greater stress. And it was because of all of those reasons um, we talked about earlier. Um, Some of my clients that come to work with me, they want to lose weight. And that's because of my story of losing 30 pounds about seven years ago now. Um, And the one thing that a lot of women don't realize is the impact of stress, uh, not just on your body, but your ability to lose weight, if that's something that you're trying to do. Um, and that's because of excess cortisol. And cortisol is that stress hormone. Um, it's a stress hormone that places your body kind of in that fight or flight mode. Um, and that excess cortisol can lead to all sorts of different problems in the body. Um, of course, excess weight gain, but you, you know, it could impact your memory as well. Um, it, ha- it can impact that part of your brain called the hippocampus that's responsible for memory and learning. Um, it, it, can, it can increase your cravings for sugar and fat. Um, it can also lead to belly fat. Um, it leads to an increase in blood sugar as well because of during the stressful situations, those hormones like adrenaline and cortisol, they cause your blood sugar to rise. And then that predisposes you to potentially diabetes, type two diabetes. So, so many different hosts of different ailments as a result of stress. Yeah. Like I said, it's come up, it comes up all the time, right? No matter what you're talking about, what chronic disease you're talking about, uh, weight loss moving forward in, in that area, stress seems to play a factor. And so was it dealing with stress that helped you to achieve your weight loss? Was that is that how you got into this line of, of work? Yeah, you know, it was a few different things. Um, you know, certainly I was trying to lose weight. Um, this is like years ago and I got engaged and I was, you know, about to get married and I wanted to feel and look a certain way on my wedding day and my wedding dress and, and all of those things. But I found a lot of positive um, effects of losing weight other than just losing weight. Um, there were some things that I had done that I had never done before, like say, for example, journaling. Um, I never really understood the power of your thoughts and your emotions and how that leads to your actions. So one of the things I started doing when I was losing weight was journaling. Um, so I started using journal prompts and I just, you know, did a Google search on just, you know, journal prompts. And essentially it's just an idea that you have. And then you write that idea down. Um, you know, like what does it feel to not be able to lose weight? Let's say as an example, and then you just write down all of the things that come to your mind as a result of that prompt. 
And I started to feel a lot lighter and I started to feel my stress start to dissipate just by doing that one thing. Um, and then there was other things that I layered on like meditation that I hadn't tried before that I started to, you know, investigate and started to, you know, incorporate more into my lifestyle. So, you know, it was a lot of those different things that I discovered about myself. Yes. You know, losing weight was great, but it was also the, the very important things that I realized like that mind body connection in terms of just overall health as well. And what made you focus then on the stress part of it, seeing other women in this situation or... What was yeah, it? a few different things. It was seeing other women in that situation. And then it was also going through a stressful event of my own. So I had a miscarriage a few years ago. Um, and after that miscarriage, to be quite honest, like I fell into a bit of a, a dark place. And I started turning to foods that I knew weren't really going to support me um, and support my health, but I knew that they made me feel better. So all of those comfort foods that we tend to reach to the junk food, the chocolate and all of those things. But I found that those foods weren't actually making me feel as good good as I thought that they would. And they actually made me feel worse. Um, so, you know, one day I just, you know, I snapped out of it and I said, you know what, Trudy, just get into the kitchen, just whip up a healthy meal and just do what you can. Um, so I started doing that. I started looking at foods that, you know, were new, known to have, um, you know, improvements on your mood. So, you know, foods containing B vitamins, for example, so lots of sweet potatoes and that sort of thing. And I found as I started to get in the kitchen and I started to incorporate a lot of these brain healthy foods, like the healthy fats, the B vitamins, you know, things with iron, vitamin C, folate, all these different foods, I started to notice that my mood started to improve um, my stress levels. I mean, the stress was yes, stress is always going to be there. But I started to notice that my stress levels were coming down as well. Um, and then I just started doing more research and more investigating into foods and mood and our mental health. Um, that actually led to me doing some work with clean eating magazine and developing a brain health course for them. And, and I'm now a brain health uh, expert for them. Um, but yeah, it was only through my own journey that I started to realize this. And then I started applying, you know, some of these strategies that I was learning on my clients. And then my clients were so amazed at their results as well, in terms of incorporating some of the nutrients that we're going to be talking about today as well. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Oh, no problem. Um, let's, you know, stress is not differentiated in our body, right? Stress is the lion in the room or stress is the credit card bill that is a little higher than you thought. Um, when you're talking about having stress being somebody's power, are you trying to refocus their idea of stress? Are you trying to tell them that this is a symptomology or are you trying to say, you've got this extra energy from stress, let's use it in a positive way? How are, what does it mean when you say that you're, you're trying to get women to use this stress as a positive Right. You nailed it, Kathy. It's all about redirection. Um, and in fact, the first R in the RISE method is actually ruminating. And ruminating is when we tend to dwell on stressful or negative events over and over and over again in our mind. Um, it could be, you know, something that you said to somebody and you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that or I shouldn't have mm -hmm. said it that way. And now you ruminate on it over that conversation over and over and over again. And that's really a woman thing, that, right? Like that's it really absolutely is. I remember something from oh. Well, when I was running for student council president that I said, and it's still, it's like, why, why would I say something like that? And it's still, I ruminate over that odd. It's really odd. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. Women are the worst for this. But when you do that, Kathy, you actually train your emotional brain. You can also look at this kind of like your inner mean girl, but you train that (laughs) emotional brain to become more powerful. Right. And that makes it more likely that you're going to spend time ruminating again in the future, which is going to make you more stressed and make you more anxious. Right. So that inner mean girl is exactly what you just said, Kathy. Like, why did I say that to that person? (laughs) Why did I say it like this? Like, you're so dumb. Like you could have said it this way instead. Like, you're so stupid. And that's like the inner mean girl. That's that emotional brain, right? So instead, I say, let that energy of stress, you know, drive you towards where you, where it is that you want to go. So, you know, don't use that energy of stress to worry about what it is that you don't want. You know, whether it's, you know, the loss of a love, so a breakup or, you know, not having money or, you know, all those things. Like, I'm not perfect. Like, I do that, too. But when you do that, like, you go into a deeper hole, right? You end up worrying more. You end up stressing out more. And that just doesn't serve you. It doesn't serve the people around you, like whether it's your partner, whether it's your children, whether it's your, you know, your fellow employees or colleagues. And it doesn't serve your life. And it just doesn't serve your, your bigger vision and your bigger future, So instead, what I like to do is encourage people to redirect that stress, which we talked about being a power and turn it into essentially a superpower and point it, you know, point that ship in the direction of where it is that you want to go, not the direction you don't go. Right. And again, it goes back to that pothole analogy. If you keep looking at that pothole when you're driving, you're going to end up in the pothole. But instead, you need to focus on where it is that you actually want to go. Because if you keep pointing where it is you don't want to go, you know, your ship is going to continually go there over and over and over again. And you could spend, Mm -hmm. you know, months, years or sometimes even decades because, look, you're still thinking about this conversation years ago. Right. You spend decades there in the stress and worry and anxiety. So that's, you know, that's the idea of redirecting. So is it is it. Redirect. Is it like a refocus? Is it trying to say like Hakuna Matata, it's done, leave it alone, move on? Is that sort of what you're doing? Right. Like it's, it's done. It's happened. Like what else can you do now to move forward? Or even if you find yourself in a difficult period in your life, like I like to talk about, you know, pulling out receipts and, you know, if you watch any of the housewives franchise shows and I'm obsessed <laughs> with those shows, they always talk about pulling out receipts and essentially that's evidence. So, you know, if you find yourself in a stressful period or, you know, you find yourself in a situation asking yourself, like, how am I going to get through this? You'll look back on evidence where you've been in, you know, difficult circumstances in your life and start to ask yourself some questions like you know what did I do when I was in that situation like how did I move through it what sort of things did I do to you know put me in you know a positive direction of where it was I wanted to go to be able to solve that problem because we've all solved you know big problems in our Mm -hmm. lives like maybe we're not you know doing so well in our personal life but we're you know we're kicking butt in our professional life are there any skills there's anything you can use from that you know from those experiences and channel them over to your personal life so then now you're in that problem you know solution kind of focus oriented you know frame of mind you said something there that um, I, I think is so true and I actually mentioned it last week that um, if you can give people the right questions you can mm-hmm. help to reform the thought process because once they're equipped with the proper questions, they're looking for the proper answers. So instead right. of why did I do that? Um, you, you know, I don't know what the, the, the other question would be, but I can see where you're going with this is trying to reformulate the thought process, which right. probably is a number one when we're talking about stress. Now, what does the mm-hmm. I stand for? So the I is for inflammation, and this is a big one. And mm-hmm. Kathy, I'm sure you know all about this. Um, but stress is the cause of all inflammatory response in your body. So if you sprain your ankle, you know, that places physical stress 
us on your body, um, a runny nose, that's symptoms of inflammation when you have a cold. Um, and inflammation is a risk factor of more than I think about 30 different medical illnesses, including mm. cancer, diabetes, dementia, and even depression as well. Yeah. Um, and again, just like stress, you know, inflammation, there's two different types, you know, there's acute inflammation, which is your body's, you know, natural response to, you know, getting a splinter in your finger, you know, cutting your finger, that sort of thing. So essentially just repairing damaged tissue. And then you have chronic inflammation on the other hand, which is your body's really, you know, confused and damaging immune uh, response to again, a barrage of different environmental, you know, physical as well as mental invaders. So, you know, we're talking things like toxic chemicals, um, poor diet, and of course, stress. Um, so chronic inflammation is, you know, the one that we definitely need to be wary of. Um, and if there's one thing that contributes a lot of inflammation in the body, it's the standard American diet. And this is the diet that most of us are eating these days. Um, it's become, it's also known as the Western diet. You might've been, you know, heard it uh -huh. called that before, um, but essentially it includes a lot of processed foods, you know, white flours, vegetable oils, and a lot, a lot of sugar, um, and very little fruit vegetables and whole grains. Mm -hmm. um, but when you eat things that, you know, your body doesn't recognize, or when you eat all these different chemicals that are unnatural to you, your body essentially sees this as an injury. So inflammation is how your body tries to heal itself. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, and for me personally, um, you know, when I see everything that's going on with the pandemic and when I see how people are turning to alcohol because alcohol consumption is on the rise, processed foods, all these comfort foods, sugar, all of these things are on the rise. And a lot of these people are turning to these foods, you know, to help them to manage stress mm -hmm. and, you know, not knowing that some of these foods we're turning to, to manage stress are actually formulated, you know, to keep you hooked. Um, and if you've ever read a book called Salt, Sugar, Fat, I think the author's name is Michael Moss. He talks about this. Mm -hmm. um, he talks all about how, you know, I'm not going to say all food companies, but there are some food companies out there that are engineering food to, you know, hijack specific parts of your tongue or your taste buds. Um, and these foods attack the very part of your brain as well that's responsible for regulating your mood um, and your stress. So they actually make the problem worse in the long run while putting you at risk for serious diseases. Um, and, you know, in fact, some of the, the countries in the world that have the highest intake of sugar also have the highest rates of depression as well. So there's definitely no coincidence there. And lack of nutrients, of course. So when you're filling your diet right. with processed foods, you're not getting the nutrients you want. I mean, we can spiral down into the microbiome, all sorts of things like that. But that's it is very, very important when it comes to mental health. And I think, you know, it's not that that secret anymore about the food industry. I think a lot of people are coming to terms and a lot of a lot of these things are being outed, which is great for us in the long run. And it's important that people understand some of these chemicals that, well, sugar in and of itself is addictive. And I mean, that's, that's researched, right. uh, you know, many people have seen the x-rays of the brain on sugar versus the brain that oh, is yes. not on sugar. So we know right. that sugar can be addictive and then all these other chemicals. So it, it, it is, I find anyways, it is becoming more apparent that what's going on and, and people like you educating uh, others, it's also extremely important. We've done the R, we've done the I, we're going to take a quick break and get to the last two steps and then really get into nutrition, which is, which is your baby. So uh, everybody stick with us and we'll be back in a few minutes.
You are listening to The Health Hub here on Radio Maria Canada, a Catholic voice wherever you are. To contact us and be a part of the show, email thh at radiomaria.ca. We now continue with the program. Here once again is your host, Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. We're having a great conversation with Trudy Stone here, and uh, I was sadly interrupted her in her RISE method. So we got the R. We've got almost through the I, which is inflammation. So rumination, inflammation. So let's finish off with inflammation. This is a biggie. Yeah. So I just wanted to talk about some anti-inflammatory foods. Um, So you can fight back against inflammation by adding foods like blueberries. So, you know, Mm -hmm. snack on them, maybe eat them with some walnuts, which have those brain healthy fats. Um, You know, again, put them in your smoothies, put them on your salads, dark leafy greens. Speaking of salads, turmeric is another great one. I always throw that in my smoothie, but some mango, which is great Mm -hmm. ginger. I might also put that ginger um, in my mango smoothie as well. And green tea is also another great one as well. 
So many things, you know, and all those things are, all those, those foods are pervasive in their health benefits. So we can talk about for mental health, we can talk about for um, hormonal health, right? Insulin, things like that. And these mm -hmm. aren't hard foods to incorporate into the diet. I think it's just being aware and having that knowledge. And I don't know um, if you find it, but for me, once people start incorporating those healthy inflammatory foods into their diet, they feel better, like you were pointing to earlier mm -hmm. in the show when you started changing things up. And the body craves more. Mm -hmm. And once I'm sure you're able to switch people onto that, then they're off and running, mm -hmm. off and running. So what is the S for rise? So the S is all about those stress busting nutrients, Kathy. Um, you know, and these days we often tend to treat illnesses or disease with prescription drugs or, you know, really risky surgeries and all of this before we even stop to consider what we're putting on our plates. Um, mm -hmm. And although dietary recommendations have been suggested uh, by experts for treating things like cardiovascular disease, you know, diabetes, um, high cholesterol, food really hasn't been the recommended protocol for mental health until now. Um, and there was a trial done back in uh, 2017 called the SMILES trial, and they put patients with severe depression who were already undergoing treatment on a modified Mediterranean diet. So lots of oily fish, you know, colorful fruits and vegetables. Um, and 12 weeks later, these patients had a much greater reduction in depressive symptoms than the other control group who didn't change their diet, but were instead just given social support. So eating a lot of anti-inflammatory foods, like those that you'll find in the Mediterranean diet, which I'm a huge fan of, um, mm -hmm. not only help you to live longer um, and manage stress, it can also minimize your risk of cognitive decline as well. And the Mediterranean diet, sorry, go ahead, Kathy. No, I was gonna say, I'm a big fan as well of the Mediterranean diet. That's, yeah. And it's the most researched, but you, you continue exactly. on. Yeah, I was just gonna say that, Kathy, it's the most researched. And this is why I like talking about this. Um, it's the most researched for cardiovascular disease, long-term health, um, you know, increased brain health, minimizing risk of, you know, Alzheimer's and dementias, and also being helpful for weight loss. And that was also the diet that I followed to lose 30 pounds about seven years ago. Um, so the Mediterranean diet is lots of plant-based foods, you know, lots of fresh fruits, vegetables, you know, healthy fats, like olive oil, you know, lot, using lots of herbs and spices, um, you know, eating fish, um, enjoying meals as well with family and friends. I know it might be a little bit more difficult now you have to kind of stay in your bubble, but you know, lifestyle is also another really important part of the Mediterranean diet, which I'm a fan of it because mm -hmm. again, it's that, it's that connection with friends and family. It's getting plenty of exercise. It's all of those additional things other than diet that are are so important to overall health. Um, now, when you talk about nutrients um, and getting them into the diet, do you have to say to people you need more uh, B6, you need more folate? Are you talking in those terms uh, or can you just talk like you're talking now? Or, or it, where I'm heading to is a lot of people now and a lot of cl clinicians are doing sort of nutrient testing and, and seeing where deficiencies are. And is that something that's part of your practice or are you really into the diet and lifestyle, unconfusing, let's get this going as easily as possible sort of approach. Yeah, you know, I am into nutrient testing and I've done that before with my clients, but you know, I generally find that once people start changing their diet, they just start to feel better. Yeah. 
They you do. Know, right? It doesn't have to be like overly complicated. Um, you know, there are certain things that I like to test for like iron, you know, vitamin D levels, um, you know, that sort of thing, um, you know, insulin and, and those sort of things. But, um, you know, essentially I just find that people start changing their diet when they start phasing out some of those foods that we talked mm-hmm. about earlier, like the processed foods, the sugar and start adding in some of those anti-inflammatory foods, those plant-based foods, you know, those healthy fats, they generally start to feel better. Um, but some of the nutrients that I like to recommend specifically are B vitamins, mm-hmm. um, because stress really does burn out the B vitamins in your body. And there's been studies that shown that people that have taken, you know, B vitamins, you know, had a, a greater reduction in their stress levels and vitamin B6 in particular, that helps us to manufacture neurotransmitters such as serotonin that mm-hmm. make you feel good. Right. Um, and that also aids in your body's ability to cope with symptoms of depression and stress and anxiety. So sweet potatoes is probably my favorite source um, of B vitamins. Um, but I also really like, you know, foods like that have B6, like bananas, cauliflower is a great one. Um, I do some television work here in Canada and on uh, CityLine actually yesterday, I shared this cauliflower stir fry recipe, which people are just, you know, going crazy over, but that's, you know, just a simple thing like that. Like, Hey, just maybe take out the rice. You don't have to do this all the time, but just try it out. Sometimes take out the rice, do a cauliflower rice stir fry pack it with a whole bunch of vegetables. You know, if you want to add chicken, you can, or if you want to add tofu, you can, um, you know, so, you know, things like that, just you know, looking at some of your favorite foods. And just trying to find a healthier way to reimagine them. Exactly. Exactly. And sometimes that's all people need, right? They just need that connection. Um, You know, some people are at that point. Yeah, I know eating well will help me to exercise or lose weight. But that connection, you you hearken to it between nutrition and the brain. It's this is new. This is this is not, you know, 10 years ago, what was above your shoulders was disassociated from the rest of the body. And now we know the vast connection between brain health and gut health, for instance, I'm sure that's a topic that that you are, are very vested in. Oh, yeah. And that's, you know, that's the E in the rise system. So emphasis on gut health, um, and your gut really is considered to be your second brain. So it's important that you feed it the right foods, because when you nourish your gut, you're also nourishing your brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and that direct that brain, that relationship between your brain and your gut is bidirectional. And that just simply means that your brain sends messages to your gut and your gut sends messages to your brain. And this is done through neurotransmitters, right? Um, but nourishing your gut is really important for, you know, your mental health because that neurotransmitter serotonin that I talked about mm-hmm. earlier that contributes to feelings of happiness is actually produced in the gut. Um, and your gut flora also play a really important role in, you know, producing fatty acids like butyrate, which can, you know, directly affect the functioning of your blood brain barrier. Mm-hmm. Um, and your blood brain barrier functions in much the same way as the lining of your gut. Right. And it's also made up of similar materials, um, but your the blood brain barrier, also called the BBB, um, it protects your brain against infections and unwanted toxins. Um, you know, the best way to really explain it is like just picturing like a cheesecloth, right? And when you have all those different holes in a cheesecloth, now when those holes in the cheesecloth, you know, essentially expand and get bigger, you know, that's when that becomes a problem, right? Because that's when it tears um, and that can result in leaky gut or leaky brain. And that's when, you know, molecules start to fit in. And that's when we, you know, start to go down the road of, you know, just not being really good for you. Um, you know, mm-hmm. but leaky brain can be caused by things like, you know, head trauma, um, but it can be caused by inflammation as well, like specifically as 
as it relates to your diet. So again, all those processed foods, the high sugar and all those things that we talked about earlier. Um, but if you, you know, are concerned about that, you can do a blood test too, to figure out if you have a, what they call a breach of the blood brain barrier as well. And that too, you know, how long ago was it that, um, scientists and doctors thought that that blood brain barrier was impenetrable. Right. And, and now we know it's not, you know, when we're talking about aluminum in the brain and how that can lead to mental issues. The other piece with the gut, of course, is inflammation. Mm-hmm. Um, so it does have the serotonin piece. It has the immune piece, but again, another connection between the gut and the brain is this inflammation piece, correct? Right. Absolutely. You know, when it comes to the brain or, you know, even a leaky gut can cause low grade inflammation and that mm-hmm. can affect, you know, brain hormone production, which can lead to things like depression, anxiety, and, you know, cognitive dysfunction, as well as impaired social function as well. Um, So a leaky gut definitely does increase inflammation throughout the brain and your body, which then increases you for things like Alzheimer's and dementia. Um, And, you know, you're talking about the the reparatory um, process, right? We're talking about, it's not a pill. It's not an overnight thing. Um, and, and this probably is one of the challenges that I run into a lot, and I'm sure you do, that this is a process, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. How long does it take for you or for people who are working with you to begin to see that, you know, that, that fog remove or that, that stress be lifted? What are we talking about in, in terms of length of time? Yeah, I would say like anywhere from one to three months, like just depending on where you were, like, yeah, Mm -hmm. when you first started, but I, I, some people I've seen just as, you know, little as a month, you know, start to experience like a turnaround, Um, you know, even like less bloating as well. Like a lot of women will come to me and they're like, I'm just so bloated all the time. Like, what can I do? So even with some of these foods that I've talked about, some of these foods that I introduce, like that helps to, you know, eliminate bloating as well. But yeah, anywhere from, I would say like one month to about three months, depending on where you were, like when you started. Now, when you work with somebody, are you doing R I S E? Are you mixing letters around? Is it is it a, a protocol where you're hitting everything, or what is the approach when you're when you're dealing with people? Yeah, well, you know, there's not one perfect diet for anybody. So how mm-hmm. I start is I start with a client intake form and I just get to know them. Hey, what medications are you on? You know, what's your food and your eating history? And just ask them a lot of questions to get to know their, their medical history and their health history. Once I have that information, it's like, okay, how can I take, you know, the information of what they're dealing with, what they're going through, their medical history, and tie that now with what I know, um, you know, to actually be effective, like, you know, things that I talked about in the RISE system. And I pair those, those two things and I make it a really customized approach for the individual. Now you're working, you could possibly be working with other therapists. Um, when you're working with, you know, working with an individual, they may also have other therapists, they're doing talk therapy, depending on, of course, the level of stress, are you able to work as part of a team when you're dealing with people's mental health? Yes, absolutely. Um, that's actually one thing that I, I need to start exploring a little bit more because I, I would definitely like to start doing some work with therapists as well and just pairing, you know, maybe like cognitive behavioral therapy with foods. Mm. Like I'm not going to just be naive to say it's foods alone will heal it, especially if, you, if you're dealing with a more serious mental health issue. But certainly from the evidence we've seen, when we pair food with something like cognitive behavioral therapy, the results are just completely incredible. So what I like to work more, you know, with therapy and, you know, develop meal plans for, you know, mental health and healing and stress management and alleviating symptoms of depression and anxiety. Absolutely. So if anyone's listening to this and you (laughs) want to incorporate this into your practice, you know, please let me know. Well, I, I, you know, there are books out on it now. It's just, it's, it's, it's the place where I think me personally, I find that 
health starts from top down. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can have the best diet, you can be the person who's exercising all the time. But if you are not, if you don't have that terrain, if you're under stress, if your gut has been compromised, then the nutrients may not be absorbed as properly as they could be. So I think your approach is is brilliant. And you know, we're crossing this border, right? Between we're talking about stress, we're talking about mental health. And I don't want people to think that because you're under stress, you've got a mental health issue. Right. But it's all part of our outlook about our thought processes. And how, how, you know, if someone comes to you, where do you differentiate between stress and something a little bit more involved in the mental health space? Or can you, you approach people on, on the same plane, no matter where they are? Yeah, well, that is one of the questions that I ask them, actually, when I first start working with them is, you know, rate your, your stress levels on a scale of one to 10. So I kind of know what their stress levels are at and what they're dealing with, depending on what that number is, like if it's anywhere, you know, from a seven or higher, then I'm going to ask them some additional questions to find out, you know, really what's at the root here and really what it is that I'm dealing with here. Um, mm-hmm. So again, it, it's, it's a really customized approach to the individual. And so we talked about it's going to take between one and three months. And are you offering packages to people? Is it a program that you have? Uh, I just want to get the word out about what you do, because I think it's very important, especially right now, right? And you're doing Zoom Yes. consults or, yes. or online consults. Zoom or people don't want to be on video. Hey, that's cool. We can do it on the phone as well. Sometimes um, you just get up in the morning and you don't want to be seen, right? Right, <laughs> right. Totally. I get that. Um, but yeah, so Kathy, I work with people either for one month. Um, so people who just kind of need some guidance and some help, you know, just kind of getting, you know, getting going. But then people who know they need that additional accountability and support will work with me for three months. So typically people will work with me for three months. Um, so one-on-one coaching for three months, that's my most um, popular package. Um, mm-hmm. And then people will also work with me one-on-one as well. Um, I do have a group coaching program. I'm actually in the midst of running right now. It's called Shed and Shred. And that is, you know, specific more to weight loss. But, you know, certainly because I am such a huge believer in the importance of that mind-body connection, mm-hmm. your thoughts and influencing your feelings and your actions, we definitely hit on the mindset piece um, in that program as well. And the name Shed and Shred was all about, you know, shedding your old beliefs as well as shedding the weight. And sometimes, you know, emotional eating and stress, you know, are some of those things that cause us to, you know, overeat and and gain weight. So that's why that's definitely, um, you know, a component of that program. So the next one comes out in, in April. You have great titles for your programs. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I love them. Shed and shred. That's great. Um, and how pe- how can people get in touch with you? What's the best place for them to to hone in on all of your stuff? Yeah. So you can, uh, you know, check out my website. So it's trudyestone.com. So that's T-R-U-D-Y and then the letter E stone, like a rock.com. Um, and then on Instagram, I'm Trudy E stone on Instagram. Um, that's typically where I tend to hang out. I mean, you could try, try to find me on LinkedIn as well, but you know, I love spending time on Instagram. I find it really fun just to interact with people and, you know, get to answer people's questions that way. So that's my favorite place to hang out. Well, you certainly have a great personality for hanging out and answering people's questions. It's been a real pleasure (laughs) talking to you today. And I wish you all the best. I'm sure that uh, under the current situation, you're finding a lot of people needing your help. So what you do is extremely important and especially valid in this time. So thank you for taking your time to share uh, with us all about you. It's been wonderful. Thank you, Kathy. It was a pleasure being here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And everybody, we'll talk to you next week on The Health Hub.
You have been listening to The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi, here on Radio Maria Canada.